Let's stand together and we'll read our scripture that Brendan already referenced. We'll read it out loud, all of us together. And then you see, I'll say the gospel of the Lord at the end and you'll say, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. A reading from the gospel according to Matthew, starting in verse 18. Ready, go. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Now, I don't know the impact that my yes to Jesus will ultimately have. I said a full yes to Jesus to be his disciple, to follow after him in 1995, and I have not looked back. I hope to be a light to the whole world, the salt of the earth, until I die. Jesus calls us like he did Simon and Andrew and James and John. He calls us to be his disciples and then to make disciples. After Jesus was resurrected, he clarified to his disciples that he was intent on the good news of his lordship to the ends of the earth. These fishermen, as they obeyed the call of Jesus, had an epic impact. This is what Jesus said after he's resurrected. So we just read the beginning of the disciples' journey. Now here's towards the end of their time with Jesus. After his resurrection, Jesus said this, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And then Luke, he tells us in the book of Acts more of what Jesus said. Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, that's where they were, Judea and Samaria, the local region, and even to the ends of the earth. Tradition tells us that Andrew, you saw me bold that in our reading, you might have been like, oh, why'd you bold Andrew? Andrew, before he was martyred, traveled as far east and north as modern-day Kiev, Ukraine. And there he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christians have been in Eastern Europe and Russia for a long time. Witnesses of Jesus have been there. They are there now. Here are some in the subway of Kiev, sheltering from missiles and they're worshiping Jesus. Take a look at this video. Oh, 
under bomb threat and worshiping Jesus. None of us knows the impact that our lives will have. None of us know the challenges that we will face. Andrew, as a disciple of Jesus, was sent to the region we now call Ukraine. Eventually, he was martyred, and yet there is a strong Christian presence in Ukraine and in Russia ever since then because somebody said yes. Today, as we approach a world that is shifting, our discipleship to Jesus is increasingly imperative and perhaps even clarified. Jesus is calling you and I to be a witness in a world that is witnessing tragedy over and over. Jesus is calling you and I to be a witness in a world that is bent on destruction and evil. And we are being called to be witnesses to God's love. Ukraine, a sovereign nation, is under attack by the Russian Federation under the leadership of Vladimir Putin. I assume that most of you have heard this, but I want to take a couple of moments and talk about what is happening because we, it deserves our response and our attention. Vladimir Putin has ordered his soldiers to, quote, solve the Ukrainian problem. It is imperialistic. It is full of lies. It is wreaking unnecessary havoc, violence, and destruction. Russia has not been attacked, but is doing the attacking. A side note here, there is a growing support for authoritarian, autocratic leaders in the world. In our own country, unfortunately, there are some who call themselves Christians who have been openly supportive of Putin, his policies, his brand of masculinity, which has nothing to do with the way of Jesus Christ. As of this morning, nearly 400,000 refugees have already fled the country into Poland, Moldova, Slovakia, Romania, Hungary. Thousands of soldiers and civilians are dead already. The most recent report is that Kyiv is totally surrounded now and you can't even get refugees out. A city of 2.8 million people is under siege. Also this morning, Putin put his nuclear deterrent systems on high alert. As the Western world is putting massive pressure on him, he is responding like a caged animal. He is not a rational actor. The world is being drawn into a massive and irrational conflict. What do we do? That's the question. We pray, we consider, and then we figure out what our action is in this world. Jesus said, you will be my witnesses even to the ends of the earth. Even to the ends of the earth. And I'm so grateful when we get to share just a couple of good stories about Jesus' witnesses in Ukraine and Eastern Europe right now. <laughs> just another one that I learned of this morning. One of our Foursquare missionaries in Poland posted screenshots of the... the uh, the communication with them and their team, and so many people are opening their home to refugees that are flooding in. Praise God. That's the Christian response in the world. We think that every church should have a here, near, and far reach. 
that Jesus looked at the small band of disciples who were not world travelers, who were not wealthy people that had the ability just to go wherever they wanted to anywhere. But he said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. And that's exactly what happened. The reach after one generation of Christians was to most of the known world at the time already. We think that every church should. We are part of the Foursquare denomination. There are nearly 100,000 churches around the world that are Foursquare churches like ours. And wouldn't you know it, there are Foursquare churches in Ukraine and Russia. We are not first identified by our national identities, but first as brothers and sisters in Christ. George Nix, I'd like you to join me up here. Our outreach pastor, George Nix, oversees our here, near, and far outreach. There's a mic for you. <clears throat> yes. And he has a bit of an update about what is happening among the Foursquare churches in Russia and the Ukraine. And also the scripture we talked about is on the screen if you'd like to read it when you're, whenever you're ready. Well, uh, let me just uh, add a, a couple things that I've kind of just written out to say this morning. Uh, in a moment, we're going to respond to a call to prayer. And my hope is that this call becomes in you not just a one-time response uh, to a current critical situation, but that as you see and hear the news in the next days, weeks, about this uh, uh, crisis, that you're stirred in your heart, and that you pray ardently for what's going on for these people for on both sides. And as you pray, that you even, even ask the Holy Spirit to, to give you understanding about how to pray, to how to pray for them. And so that's certainly my prayer. But in, in Ephesians verse 6, 12, um, which, there we go, okay, we're reminded that we don't fight we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but we're fighting against evil rulers and authorities in an unseen world. We are uh, against mighty powers in a dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. These are unseen places. And understand that even though the, the people in Russia and in Ukraine are, are fighting a physical war, there is a spiritual war going on, a cosmic war that's going on. And a battle, quite honestly, a battle for the souls of people that need to know the love of God. And the book of James tells us that our prayers are effective. Mm -hmm. that, our, that when we pray that, that God goes to work and that God hears our prayers, mm -hmm. I can tell you that when you pray that the enemy will try to discourage you, he'll try to, to make you feel like you're disqualified, that your prayer couldn't possibly make a difference, or he might want you to just to be disengaged. And I really want to uh, encourage you, pray to the Father, Lord, your kingdom come. Yeah. Lord, your will be done in this situation. So I want to read a, uh, a joint statement from the national leaders of our Foursquare four Russia and Foursquare Ukraine churches. And I, I will... I did put it on there, but okay. yeah. Okay. So this says, 
We, the Foursquare Churches in Ukraine and Russia, request that our global Foursquare family join us in praying for our two nations in this critical time. We believe Jesus Christ unites us in a gospel of peace that transcends political and national interests. We ask that you stand with us in prayer that God will grant us blessings of peace, prosperity, and a great harvest of souls in the gospel in Russia and Ukraine. And this is signed by Dmitry Mason, the national leader of Foursquare Ukraine, and Alexander Pashenko, the national leader of Foursquare Russia. George, thank you. And would you, before you go, would you, would you lead us in that prayer? That our prayer as brothers and sisters in Christ is not about just the bad guy, but it's about all who are involved. Yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the privilege that we have as your body to come before you and pray for our brothers and sisters on the other side of the world. Lord, that are going through an incredible battle, an incredible uh, turmoil and crisis, Lord God. And Lord, we lift them up to you right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that you would be with them. Lord, that you would protect them, Lord God. Lord, that there would be literally angels, Lord God, that would, would come and keep them, Lord God. And, and Lord, that, uh, Lord, it's easy for us in our hearts to, to pick a bad guy. And, and so, Lord God, we, we say we just want to be on your side. We want to, we, Lord, we want to pray your will. We want your kingdom to come and your will to be done in this nation, in both of these nations, Lord God. Lord, I, I pray for the people that are experiencing deep loss right now. Lord, that you would bring comfort and peace. Lord, I pray for the, the soldiers even uh, on both sides, Lord God, that maybe are in conflict in their heart about what's going on, but they uh, are fulfilling a call from their nation, Lord God, that, Lord, that you would comfort them and their families. Lord, I pray for the, the people that have just, uh, that are in panic or, or just, Lord, they're running and they don't know what to do and they're not sure what will happen next. Lord God, Lord, I pray that the peace of God that passes all understanding, Lord, would come and just surround them. And Lord, that they would see your hand at work in the midst of uh, just a lot of turmoil. Lord, that they'd see your love for them. Yeah. And Lord, I pray that even as the ministry of these two leaders in Russia and Ukraine, Lord, have opportunities to lead people, Lord God, to show your love. Lord, that you'd give them wisdom. Lord, that you'd meet every need. And Lord, I pray uh, that people would be ministered to, Lord God, that they would see the love of God and they would respond to your love. Mm -hmm. 
And Lord, that they would give their hearts to you, Lord God. Lord, I thank you and we give you praise. Lord, you are the victor. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, George. The Psalms help us to pray, to know how to pray. If you're like me this last week, you you felt maybe a bit weak as you tried to pray about this because it's just so big and so challenging and so unsettling. Came across Psalm 20, verse seven. Some nations boast of their chariots and horses, but we boast in the name of the Lord, our God. The nation of Israel knew God's faithfulness beyond their own power. Often when they were trusting him, God would confuse the enemies that were attacking them. God would cause for uh, unimaginable things to take place, such as march around this city, Jericho, and as you worship and sing, the walls will fall down. And God did the conquering. Or he sent (laughs) other forms of destruction against the people of Egypt when they were holding the people of Israel in bondage. God did the work. You see, we don't trust in our own strength. We don't trust in our own power. We don't trust in the governments of the world or the militaries of the world. We trust in the name of the Lord, our God. Violent resistance to evil will never solve evil, but only temporarily subdue it. We must boast in the Lord. We must trust him and we must advocate that he do the impossible. And there's a couple of stories already we get to share in just a minute about how God is doing some impossible things. So we're going to take a minute. I'm going to give you two different sections here, two minutes at a time. I'll explain before each one of how we can pray. And we're going to just take some time for you on your own to be praying. We're going to pray for Christians to trust God in this time, particularly those who are in Ukraine and in Russia, that they would trust God and find his will for their responses. We're gonna pray for people to come to faith. As one headline said, what was a metropolitan artsy area is now a battleground in a matter of days, the city of Kiev. It's a battleground, just a matter of days. The world has been unended. And what has been, what is true about the world that is desperately evil apart from God has come to the forefront in just a matter of days. This is a moment for people to come to faith in Jesus Christ and we'll pray boldly for that. And we will pray that the world would refuse to believe in bombs or believe in Christ. There's a huge outcry right now for more force to, to subdue this, but we know where more force goes, it goes to escalation. And the escalation that it's already at with just a matter of days is unimaginable. And we're gonna pray that people would trust God and believe in Christ and not in bombs. So you have two minutes um, to pray into those things uh, on your own and then another prayer prompt.
next psalm out of Psalm 2. Now then, you kings, act wisely. Here's a warning. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal son, or he will become angry, and you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities. For his anger flares up in an instant. But what joy for all who take refuge in him. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Tomorrow morning, Russia and Ukraine are going to meet on the border of Belarus, apparently for the for peace talks for the first time. We want to pray specifically that some miraculous thing that Putin backs off of this and disappears and fades off into history. Be warned, leaders of the earth. So we are going to pray two things, that Putin would stop his escalation. And we pray, we're going to pray that the governments of the world would have wisdom. And I am gravely concerned that the escalation is sped up so quickly already because of the rhetoric of the world. We are to pray that God would intervene. So you have two minutes. Pray for these things. Father, by your mighty hand, we pray, Lord, that you would stop this evil madness. Lord, we pray that you would use weather, Lord Jesus, 
We pray there would be some sort of electrical storm that would take out the communication systems between Putin and his leaders. Pray that it just wouldn't work anymore. Lord, we pray that you would use some other sort of natural disaster to stop this, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would soften up the marshes of Ukraine that are frozen right now so that these tanks would just be stuck in the mud, that this would come to nothing, Lord, this continued advance. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would bring a spirit of discouragement across the whole Russian army right now. Lord, that they would just give up their arms and go home. We pray that you bring a spirit of confusion. Lord, that you would stop this by your mighty power. We pray, Lord Jesus, in your name, that you would send a conviction of your spirit, whether it's among the oligarchs and Russia, Putin himself, whether it's the field commanders and the generals, a conviction by your spirit, and they would freshly and immediately see the evil that they are participating with, and that you would change it and give them, Lord, a, a chance for grace and forgiveness. Lord Jesus, we lift up the leaders in the Russian Orthodox Church, and we pray, Lord, they would speak to power. Lord, as so many have been protesting bravely on the streets of St. Petersburg and Moscow and all around Europe, even in Belarus and Minsk this morning, Lord Jesus, there's protests in Siberia as well. May more and more people stand up and put pressure on those leaders so that this madness is stopped. Lord, would you enliven the prayers of your people so that this can be stopped? We trust you, Lord that you have not forgotten or abandoned us. We pray this in Jesus' name. As, as George said, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And I'll just remind you that Jesus makes us righteous. So our prayers are powerful and effective. And I also want to give you a couple of thoughts of how, how God is already working in the midst of this. Michael and Bobette Prow are in relationship with a family that is, has been missionaries for 30 years. And this picture they sent, do you guys see this? This is in, um, in the, the city of, oh, I'm, I remembered it this morning. Where is it at? Oh, maybe I didn't write it down. Oh, there it is. Kharkiv, yeah, on the far eastern edge of Ukraine. This is a missile that was shot and it just landed like with a thud, <laughs> just landed. May this be a prophetic image of what this war does. It just lands with a thud and it's just over. But praise God for that. Can we praise God for that? This family that Michael and Bobette know have been missionaries for 30 years and they are safely across the border in Romania and continue to ask prayers for the safety of refugees fleeing. They got all the way from the east to the west, which is really, um, impressive. God is at work and he's answering prayers. And these are not the stories that we will hear necessarily in the media coverage, because it's not necessarily about the bombs. It's about God working. So let's pray with faith that God would still come through. Jamie Harris has another story. As we, he called me yesterday. He goes, Isaac, can I tell you this cool Holy Spirit story? So would you welcome Jamie Harris, who was on the drums this morning, dedicated a child. Now, yeah. Hello, I'm so happy to share with you all this morning. Um, over the last few years, I've been really involved with uh, online ministry, not just because of COVID. It's because it's I play video games and that's <laughs> where you play video games is online. But I've made a, a collection of friends, uh, really mentors and coaches in my life and, and some that I'm mentoring and coaching. And one of them is, is here this morning, my good friend, John. And uh, I've known him for probably a year and a half, maybe two years now. And, uh, 
I got to meet him in person in Orlando uh, in December, and we had been trying to get him down here at some point uh, in Oregon uh, to just kind of hang out, uh, meet some of our team in person. Um, and, and the date kept moving around, and it landed on this weekend when there's a lot going on in the world. So um, pretty interesting, you know, as, as he's getting here, I, I know that he's the person that he's going to have messages in his inbox, probably so many that he can't keep up with all of them about all of his international partners praying for Ukraine and, and friends in Ukraine that are experiencing that and friends in Russia that are going through this. And uh, on his flight here, he received a text message and it said, hey, um, our dear friend uh, Vitali, who lives in Ukraine, uh, is, is actually in Oregon um, this weekend. And he said, what? And he said, yeah. So he's able to message on the plane and and his, his friend Vitali says, hey, yes, brother, I'm, 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 in, I'm in Oregon. I must see you while you're here. He's like, although I'm, I'm not in Portland. And John's like, well, I'm not in Portland either. He said, I'm actually about an hour south of Portland. Vitali says this, I'm an hour south of Portland in a town called Salem. And John's like, wow, I'm going to be in Kaiser. <laughs> uh, so uh, John tells me this story. And I'm like, well, we've, we've got to hang out with him. So we had a plan to meet in, a, in an office space. I'm sure some of you are familiar um, Ike Box. Uh, it's a coffee shop downtown, beautiful place that does ministry and serves beautiful coffee. And we have some space below that building. And while we met with our team and our team got to hang out with John, uh, Vitali, a man who lives in Ukraine, was in town this week for a conference. And while he was here in town, before they came to the conference, he said, ah, he's talking with his wife and they have some family in Italy. And he said, babe, why don't you and the kids, while I go to Oregon, everything's fine at this point. They can travel in and out of Ukraine. This is a number of days, just days before this all happened. And he said, so when I go to Oregon for this conference, uh, family, why don't, why don't you hang out with some of our family in Italy and then we'll reconvene later and then we'll go back home together when I'm done with these conferences. So he flies out of Ukraine to Oregon. His family flies out of Ukraine to Italy. And within days, the entire country had flipped upside down. Uh, they're fortunate enough to have a, a residence in the, the western part of, of Ukraine. And there's a bunch of people heading over to the western part of Ukraine from the eastern part. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, their, their home is filled with their friends and family and disciples that, that don't have homes anymore. And as I'm sitting there talking about silly things like video game ministry, this, this tall, handsome man from Ukraine walks in with broken English and is just weeping and, and just so grateful at the same time for the deliverance of God bringing his family out of Ukraine and having him here. Now, of course, there's the turmoil of, well, now, now what? But he is safe. His wife and his kids are safe. And, and I think what was so impactful to me about this story is it's really easy for us to um, disassociate ourselves with what's going on because of geography. But at a little coffee shop here in Salem, there was a, young, there was a man that was broken, that was grieving, and I find it is no coincidence. I told, I told Isaac, it is no coincidence that over these last number of months, we've, I'm pretty new to New Hope. And man, we've unpacked some really difficult topics over the last few months. And um, I believe God was preparing our hearts for not just this, but things of this nature. So we are a congregation, I think, that is prepared to pray. Uh, for this appropriately. We're a congregation that God has delivered stories to, um, not just across the world, but in, in our own neighborhood. He's delivered stories to where we can associate ourselves and, and we can put skin on this and we can see people that are hurting. So I, I left the coffee shop a little early and um, my dear friend John and his dear friend Vitali 
grieved in the basement of a coffee shop here in town. So, um, man, anytime you grab a cup of coffee this week, you'd be reminded that these are real people um, and they are suffering. And um, we are real people. And we might think we're suffering sometimes, but um, most of us got it pretty good. So thank you for letting me share that story. Thank you, James. There's no doubt that God is at work in the midst of all of this. And there's no doubt that the significance of our lives increases in our awareness. And there's no doubt that every moment that Jesus has whispered to you, every time that he has called you to himself, every time you felt the prompting of the spirit, that that is because he's prepared you for such a time as this. For this day, for right now, as we are in this congregation, in this context, to be a witnessing community to the way of Jesus Christ. For there's no hope. Democracy does not have the hope of the world. I'm sorry, friends, it does not. Obviously, autocracy does not have the hope of the world. Communism does not have the hope of the world. Socialism does not have the hope of the world. The hope of the world is Jesus Christ in his community, transcending all of these things together, worshiping him underneath his lordship, learning to love the world as he loves the world. We don't just need people to put down their weapons. We need people to love God so that they would love others. We have a significant role to play, and I'm proud to be your pastor as we navigate. Things will change between this week and next week as we gather again. And I encourage you, I like the word you use, George, be ardent in prayer. Be stubborn in prayer. Be committed to prayer. And as you consume information, spit it back out with prayer trusting that our God reigns and he's going to give wisdom and direction and let's expect miracles to take place because the church in the world is waking up to prayer.